What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Monica Friedman on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. We were actually chatting before this, and we were like, you know what? We need to we need to just hit record because this this is too good. So, Monica, I am just going to toss it at you, and just start wherever you'd like with your story. Give us a little bit of background on you and kind of what you've gone through in this community. Thank you so much, Shelly, for having me. Um, and I applied to come on this podcast because I wanted to share my own story of miscarriage, which is probably a bit different to um, the common ones that we hear on this podcast. And I've been trying to conceive for a good five years, so half a decade. Um, I was 29 when I was diagnosed with diminished ovarian reserve, low AMH, so um, very few eggs left. I was diagnosed with the egg reserve of a 44-year-old, and um, I didn't have my period. Obviously, I didn't ovulate, so there was no chance for me to get pregnant naturally, and I was in London at the time. I'm originally from Germany, but moved around quite a bit, and I was in London, and I thought, um, oh, great, I'll just live a really healthy lifestyle and then I'll get pregnant in no time. But, you know, the years went by. I worked so much. I worked in a corporate job, sales and marketing. Um, I traveled around the country, uh, the, the the globe, really. I mean, it, I'm, I'm, I miss those days and then I don't. Um, and I just had a really, really busy life. And I thought, okay, until now in my life, everything worked according to a formula, um, hard work and plus result, plus goal equals result. And it just hit me that fertility works by its own rules and that fertility is so different. And I was just completely set back in my worldview, in my, in my principles, in my just belief systems. And, um, I got really depressed, I have to say. Um, so yeah, we tried for two years with ovulation induction, which is basically a way to do IVF light without the um, egg retrieval. Um, you just get an uh, ovulation trigger shot, and then you try naturally. Um, didn't happen after 12 rounds. And then we got married and I realized that we had to do IVF. So we did two rounds of IVF um, right after our honeymoon. And I went into this whole IVF game thinking, this is great. I can throw money at it and then everything will happen for me. Um, I got the best care in the world. This is going to work. I was still so naive. I was so incredibly naive and probably didn't do enough research about uh, research about the stats. Um, so I went into this and number one, uh, round number one didn't work. Um, round number two didn't work. And then they told me to go for 
donor eggs because I would only produce one or two follicles each cycle. And, and that really threw me deeper into my kind of dark hole. And I started to retreat from, you know, family, friends. Um, I was just not in a good place. I wasn't kind to myself. I wasn't kind to others. I wasn't kind to my husband. Um, it was not a happy time for me, for sure. Um, I remember one time I left on a yoga retreat one summer because I just couldn't deal with reality anymore. Um, I didn't know how to deal with my emotions. I didn't know how to deal with the onslaught of pregnancy announcements in my family, in my circle of friends. You can probably relate to that, everyone who's listening. And um, I just didn't know what to do. So I changed clinic. I changed my lifestyle. I changed the way that I thought about all this. And I basically prioritized self-care over everything because I realized I need to be my best friend through this. Um, but I lost, I basically lost all the hope in my own body being able to get pregnant because mind you, I didn't even have my period. I didn't even ovulate. At some point I did get my period, but I still didn't ovulate. I didn't even know what ovulation meant because I've never experienced it in my life. So I was 32 by the time that we started a new clinic. Um, and I had to wait a full year to start the treatment. Um, but finally we did and I got pregnant. I was obviously over the moon. I was I couldn't believe it. I was, I felt so vindicated and I thought finally my body's doing what it's supposed to be doing. So you can probably tell I'm, I have quite high expectations of my body and obviously that's a, that's a self-belief in a, in a limiting way and it hasn't always served me. Um, anyway, I was, you know, cruising along in my, in my first trimester, anyone who's gone through these scary first few weeks knows how terrifying it can be and how much anxiety can be around these, you know, every, every waking morning, are you still pregnant? Is, are you still having symptoms? And I realized that my, I didn't know what pregnancy symptoms were, but I realized that something was off. And I started to trust my intuition a little bit more and checked it with the, with the fertility clinic again. And um, I was right. The, the heartbeat that we saw a week earlier, I was at seven weeks at that point. Um, the heartbeat was slowing down and pretty weak. And that confirmed my worst, uh, my worst nightmare really. And then a week later, the, the heartbeat was gone and you couldn't even find the sack anymore or the, the sack was empty and basically everything else disappeared. And I mean, I, I don't have to tell you how, how awful that feeling is of seeing that um, ultra scan image and you just sit there or lie there and you feel like this is this is this can't be happening to me um 
so obviously I was incredibly upset and sad. Um, my husband was so sweet to book a week in a way. Again, we were still in London at the time. So he booked my favorite place by the sea. And we took our dog and just spent a weekend there, um, which was so healing. And then I realized that, yes, I had a miscarriage, but even more important, I was able to get pregnant. And my body had done something that it hadn't done the last four years. And for some reason, I can't tell you what exactly, but I think at that moment, I was just filled with so much gratitude and so much almost enlightenment about how to reframe that situation and how to look at it differently that I, that I realized this miscarriage was a, was a true blessing. Um, and I think I was helped by the fact that I went to a Buddhist retreat the, a, a few months before and my Zen Buddhist teacher told me, Monica, there's something positive in every bad situation. As bad as the situation might look, there's always something positive. And I, I hated what he said. Like, how can there be something positive in something so sad? But for some reason, I finally understood what he meant, that even though something terrible happens to you, you will find something that you're even more grateful for, or it will put some things into perspective and really clarify your values around your what you really want in life. And again, for me, that meant I saw this as a ray of hope that my body was maybe changing and that my body was finally responding to the treatment and that there was hope. So this miscarriage gave me so much hope. Um, I have to put a big disclaimer on here. I only had one miscarriage, so I can't talk about recurring miscarriages. And I know that's a whole nother ball game. But for me, that one miscarriage was in a way a life changer. And then Obviously, I went into my DNC, which was, you know, again, not fun. Um, and then a friend of mine said to me, Monica, look at DNC as a dusting and cleaning or cleansing. You're getting your body ready for new life. You just need to wipe out the old, let go of the old, the past, and you're getting ready. It's like a spring cleaning. And at that point, I just chose to believe her and chose to believe her words. And obviously, I allowed myself to grieve. I allowed myself to be sad and upset. But I chose to see this as an opportunity. And fast forward, six months later, I tried another round. Um, and I just want to say, it, 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 those months after a miscarriage of balancing your hormones and waiting to start again and, you know, feeling the ups and downs of the, the emotions, 
again, as part of the what happened, but also the horm- the hormonal fluctuations, they can be really tough. So my best advice for anyone who's struggling is go be incredibly kind to yourself. Um, prioritize self-care. Um, do something that brings you joy. Be incredibly selfish. And selfish should not be a negative word. It should be it should be a good thing um, because you come first always. Your health, your mental and physical health come first always. And I did that by traveling. Um, I went to India. I went, I think I went to the Middle East. I, I was still aware that, yes, I still have a long path ahead of me, but I was, a, I was on a healing journey. Um, I started working more again, but also I started doing more yoga again. So I was kind of finding back to myself and and repairing some of those relationships that had been frayed over the past. Anyway, six months later, I started a new round of IVF. Um, Same protocol. Um, And I got pregnant again. And obviously the fear of another miscarriage was incredibly high um but it worked out and today i've got a 20 months old and happy healthy wonderful pregnancy easiest birth and when i look back to this time of this miscarriage i look at it as a really important step on my journey one that gave me so much hope one that tested me in ways that I've never thought I could be tested and one that allowed me to apply my, my thinking in completely new ways. And I know that may sound so woo woo right now, um, but that was the only thing that helped me. And I encourage everyone out there, to find ways that help you cope with whatever you're going through. Because at the end of the day, you need to look yourself in the mirror and be okay with who you are. Find peace with yourself, find peace with your journey. And I just wanted to share today what my, how my journey looked like and how I saw miscarriage on my journey as, as a ray of hope, as a positive turning point. That's my story. I love that. It is so different than what we typically hear on this podcast. And I think that there are so many people out there who agree with you and have a similar vision on that story or on your story. So I just want to thank you for sharing it because um, like I said, it's not, it's not the typical like thing that we hear on this podcast. So for all those people who need that beacon of hope or maybe even just like a different way of looking at it too. I think it's going to be so helpful. So Monica, thank you for feeling the pull to share your story. Now I know you, you have kind of like taken your journey and now you kind of give back to the community in a way of coaching. Will you tell us a little bit about that? I don't know much about what you do. Sure. Yeah, sure. So I was in, in, in the corporate world for the last 15 years and in sales and marketing and I never thought about doing anything like that but then after I had my baby I realized 
I wanted to give back. I've been through so much. I've learned so much. I've learned so many tools. I went through such a personal transformation um, that I realized I want to do something with that. And I want to give back, as you said. And my husband um, eavesdropped on me one day when I was talking to a friend who was going through infertility struggles. And he said, Monica, you're glowing and beaming when you came off that call. And I heard you and you were amazing with her. And why don't you do that more? And I said, well, I do that all the time with friends and friends of friends. And then the same week, my brother called me and said, Monica, I need a coach. Actually, I need a coach like you. And then because he was starting to go through infertility struggles as well for, for male fertility. And um, he said, can you be my fertility coach? And that's when the penny dropped. And I thought, okay, two of the most important people in my life are telling me something. I have the intuition that I might be helpful to someone out there, even if it's just one person. So that's when I embarked on this I started um, training as a life coach, as a health coach. Um, I did a fertility-specific training, and I basically documented everything that I did on my journey, all the tools and resources. I put together a website, and here I am um, coaching the most wonderful clients, the most wonderful, strong women who sometimes just need an extra ear or someone who gets it but is emotionally unattached um, or who is, who's gone through it and knows a thing or two about, you know, is this treatment right for me? Obviously, I'm not a doctor, but I've seen so many treatment approaches um, or who just need help with their lifestyle, um, who need an accountability partner. The most clients I get who need help are the ones who have a, a certain mindfulness or a, let's say, mind-body practice already and who want to use that to help them on their journey. Um, so I would say that's my specialty, really. I'm a yoga teacher. I'm a meditation instructor. So that's what I really love doing. Um, but again, my clients are so different in their needs. And we're all so unique and no one's, no one's journey is like anyone else's. We all have different sets of conditions and um, yeah, I love my, I love, I love the work that I do and I, I take it one conversation at a time. And with every conversation, I know that I can contribute in, in a meaningful way. And that means the world to me. Honestly, like just listening to you, I feel like you would just be really good at redirecting grief. Actually, I did a training on that. Did you really? I was like, I, I did. Just, you would be really good at redirecting like the way we're grieving and how to almost like spin it into a positive. Well, here's the thing. I did a training on that just to solidify my understanding. But when I think about grief, it's not so much redirecting it. Mm -hmm. but it's allowing grief to sit with us okay. so that trauma doesn't get stuck. So basically trauma are stuck emotions that we weren't able to process. And grief is a really important part of the process. So I teach tools how to 
how to invite emotions and then process them in a really meaningful, productive way so that we can learn from them. Um, Because I truly believe that every negative emotion, grief, um, sadness, fear, anxiety is a messenger. And every negative emotion has a positive intention for you. Um, This might sound a bit abstract, but let's look at fear, for example, the fear of this coming treatment not working out. This fear is coming up to keep you safe, to keep you safe from more disappointment, from more emotional um, upset. And that's how we're wired. We can blame our ancestors for that. We're, at the end of the day, we're still cave women. So we want to avoid fight and, or let's say we want to avoid danger where we can. Um, and we need to make sure that we survive. So we go into fight or flight mode very quickly. However, in this modern world, our subconscious mind can't quite discern between the actual danger of getting attacked by a lion versus the danger of another treatment failing. So we can work with our subconscious and conscious mind to deal with these emotions in a more, let's say, constructive way so that we don't get hijacked by emotions. Because I I was there. I, I totally got hijacked. I made some, let's say, poor decisions and I treated other people and myself maybe not in the nicest way as a result of not knowing how to deal with my own emotions. Um, That's human, but also maybe that's not always the most, let's say the kindest or the most healing way to, to deal with what's happening. Um, Sorry, that's a very long winded answer to how to not redirect grief, but also it's more like, let's invite grief let's ask it what it needs from us and then let's send it on its way and one last quote i want to share with all of you there's a native american saying that says if you have a negative emotion let it run through you a thousand times let this emotion run through you a thousand times and then let it go And I love that because we maybe live in a society where we're supposed to, you know, brush things off and get up again. Um, But that's how emotional trauma happens. And it's actually really healthy to look at your emotions. Um, You know, that saying, what you resist persists, persists. Um, so look at your emotions and then say, okay, I'm going to let you go again. Yeah. So good. <laughs> See, that was, like, you're so cool. <laughs> uh, that was amazing. That was like absolutely amazing. I, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I feel like I want to hang out with you. And sure. And everything that you say. Um, thank you so much for doing this. If somebody wants to reach out to you, where could they do so? Um, probably on Instagram, um, Monica Friedman Coaching, Monica with a K because I'm German. 
uh, or Facebook or my website or just contact you. Um, but yeah, awesome. let me okay. know if you just want to hang out or if you just want to chat. Um, sometimes you just need someone to listen. Yeah, absolutely. I'll link your Instagram in the description Thank you. of this episode so that it's easy for people to reach out to you. Thank you so much, Monica. Thank you. Um, I've got one more question for you, Shelly, and that's been on my mind for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, there's maybe a myth out there that after a miscarriage, you, your body is more, maybe there are higher chances of conceiving within the next six months. What do you think about that? I, it's like that you're more fertile after a miscarriage. Correct. Yeah. Um, I jumped on that bandwagon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's that's what I think about it. I I read that too, and I went after it. Um, I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's true, but I definitely attempted it and Uh believed in it and wanted to believe in it. Um, So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. What about you? I just haven't found any evidence on this. I'm quite... Um, a research geek and I I want to back up my claims Um, but for that one I haven't really found any strong evidence I still want to believe in it Mm -hmm. I still want to believe that something happened in your body because your body produced um, HCG and produced all kinds of you know other hormones getting ready for pregnancy so I'm wondering if that mix of hormones somehow can signal to the brain if you ever hear on this or if anyone's listening who has more information on this i'd love to know but um on a let's say energetic level i feel the next the six months after a miscarriage obviously not the three months because you want your body to heal but after that it's it's almost like your body was primed to try again and it worked for you right it did yeah it I mean I I kept going I kept trying and I do have to say that um, when you do read that and believe that like you said I don't know how much evidence there actually is on it right you don't get pregnant it is very disappointing (laughs) absolutely um, absolutely you're like okay my body's ready you know like you're kind of like right. I, got, I got this like I, my chances are higher now and right when it doesn't happen it's like what the hell <laughs> yeah no I get that um I've had it work yeah. I've had it not work so who knows <laughs> that's the thing about the whole fertility game it's such a black box right mm-hmm. totally there's, there's really no rules to it um yeah all right. Well, thank you so much, Shelly. This was so fun. So fun. Like, I want to do this again with you. Let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. All right. We'll, we'll keep in touch. Sounds good. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Take myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.